that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course Fansbet all the way through to the end of the National Hunt season. Uh, what is now 2022? Happy New Year to all our listeners, uh, new and old, uh, especially the old because if you're new, maybe I don't know who you are, but fair play. Um, now, uh, on this week's panel, we have Dermot Olin's here. Hello, Dino. How are you? Very good. Dermatine Olin. I didn't know that before, but I'm quite quite excited to learn your middle name. We'll keep it as a mystery, though, for the uh, for the uh, listeners. If anyone wants to tweet Dermo and guess his middle name, go for it. it begins with a T. Um, Darren Hughes is here. Darren. Hello, Dean. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Hanging in there now. Thank God. Good man. Happy New Year. And Paddy Aspel is back. Paddy. Afternoon again, lads. Can I tell everyone it's your birthday? I know I have already, but can well, like is that... you've you've already made some sort of gag about uh, the old, so I thought you'd already introduced me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the reality, sadly, is that I'm older than you, Paddy, and you've done far more in your life than Are I you, have. So far, far yeah. wiser though, Dino. Ah, jeez. Yeah. Well, it comes you with age. Even I've just got the William Hill handicap chase team, didn't you? You never won it. <laughs> I backed plenty of seconds in the William Hill handicap chase. <laughs> Does that help? You never won uh, Look, yeah, yeah, Older, oh, older listeners to the pod who would have been around when when Paddy first started joining us would have would have known that we you know we talked about a few of the horses I backed that he won on some of my best dates. So it's great having Paddy on the podcast. Birthday and all, old man and all. Uh, welcome back. Good to have you here. Now. Um, on this week's race hour, of course, brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and fans bet. We are going to go straight into the Cheltenham mix. And we're going to do that all the way through now until the Cheltenham festival itself. Um, obviously, the Christmas racing was excellent, lots of it. Um, and it's been well discussed everywhere else. I'm sure you don't need to hear us go through all of those bits, but it will come up in context as we go through the races. On today's podcast, we're going to take a look at the current picture for the Stayers hurdle, the champion hurdle. And the mayor's hurdle. I believe, Dermo, if I got the running order right, next week we head into Gold Cup territory. Is that correct? That's it exactly. So I wrote an article Lovely. this week in bookmakers.co.uk. About nice the race, plug. but we'll have Don McLean and David Weldon next week where we'll run through the, uh, the Gold Cup, do you know? Lovely. Okay. Uh, Don, uh, a superman for that, if you're a regular follower of his. Um, okay, so that's uh, coming up next week. And then after the break on this week's podcast, we'll go through the weekend action from Wincanton Sandown. Uh, now, it's a bit of a climb down from what's gone on at Christmas, but we'll try and find you some winners, of course. Okay, it's good to be back. Uh, let's get straight stuck in. We're going to go in the order of the stayers, then the champion, then the mares. We'll go straight to the stayers hurdle. Uh, anyone listens to this podcast regularly enough will already know my views, but they've slightly changed, but I'm going to I'm gonna hold them back. Demo, um, you know, as kind of resident uh, man in charge here, uh, why don't you kick us off with the stayers? The first question, who do you fancy right now to win the stayers hurdle? Your abracadabras hopes have gone up in smoke, have they? Open smokes to a degree, Dean. The one thing that I will forgive him on is just that that was an impossible race to try and get get involved in from anywhere other than the front two. Um, the, the starter basically gave Classical Dream. It, it was a joke. It was a disgrace altogether that Classical Dream was that 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 it wasn't stopped at that point. Um, it was very. You wanted him to pull him back. Just yeah, I mean, I mean, Florin Porter, Danny Mullins was fully aware that Florin Porter is a bit of a head case, so he mm. took him to the outside so that Florin Porter wasn't getting in the way of all the others, and so he went back and took a turn, and Classical Dream was gone, 
And that yeah, completely yeah, yeah. gives away the thing that Florin Porter needs really is the lead. Florin Porter doesn't really go past the horse, but when he's in front, he's hard to get past, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and it, it just killed him. And Classical Dream got the run of the race. And it, like, 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 it's just kind of madness now. The starter deserves 90% of the criticism, but the rest of the jockeys deserve 10% of it or more, really. Um, like, if I'm I'm no jockey and uh, my race riding ability is uh, is non-existent, but if I'm able to k- keep staring at it and saying that Classical Dream are, and Willie Mullins horses full stop, sorry, get shouldn't be given an easy lead. You know, how many times has Ruby Walsh done it? Now Paul Townend gets it as well the odd time. And you're looking at it kind of going, how did that happen? And Danny yeah. Mullins tried to get Florian Porter back up there and then... The problem for Abercadabras is, and Ruby Waltz explained this before on Racing TV, is that when their front two are that far clear, the pace is in behind is controlled by the horses in front of Abercadabras then, and he didn't have anything to drag him up um, towards them. Um, they tried all they wanted to, but sure, the, the amount of ground that was given up meant that Florian Porter had to use petrol to get up to them and a classical dream. So like, I like classical dream. He's very good. I'm just, I'd be a bit scared, Dean, of him going over the top of Cheltenham. Um... You know, he, he hasn't lost that kind of a, a crazy attitude by him. He was brilliant the last day. Like, don't get me wrong, like, all, all inspiringly good. But just there is that kind of a chink in his armor. But isn't this race is, I love this division this year. Um, Anyone that listens to the podcast for a while knows that I have a real aptitude for mad bastards. And this race is just full of them. I mean, Classical Dream is a mad bastard. Champ has his ways. Florin Porter is crazy. Time Hill is as crooked as they come at times. Um, and again, I love Abercadabras. He's he's more than likely going here. He's mental as well. Um, and they kind of further go down. It's just full of them, and it's it's just a brilliant race from that point of view. I rewatched all this because I'm in my room at the moment, isolating because of COVID. So I, I've had a lot of time to kind of rewatch an awful lot of races. I started off this week thinking that I was a Time Hill fan for this race, and I still do think that he can win the race. Don't get me wrong. But I think Champ won the stairs hurdle a bit easier. Or sorry, he won the long walk hurdle a bit easier even than the finishing margin suggested. Mm. Um, I thought the fact that John Joe O'Neill got off afterwards and said that he kind of hurried him up two out because he was afraid he was going too well. I know they might go for a gold cup, but I think that would be absolutely crazy and stupid at, at this point in time. Um, so if I was going to back one for this, I think that the likes of Classical Dream and Florian Porter will take each other on up front. Um, and I think Champ could be in that lovely position where he could just sit behind them. I wouldn't be going near a Gold Cup with this horse. I don't think he jumps fences overall well enough. Um, so I think Champ for me, Dean, at 9-2 to two will be my most likely winner. Abacadabras maybe is an each-way play. Um, but Champ at 9-2 to two or so uh, with, uh, with fans bet, I think, is, uh, is the bet here, Dean. All right, Champ is where you're sitting at the moment for the stairs hurdle. Now we have a jockey and a guy who's very good with odds, of course, on the podcast in, in Darren Hughes. I'm going to come to Darren first. Uh, the market reacted to that classical dream uh, farce, I'm going to call it, beating Florian Porter over the Christmas period by installing him uh, well, back in as favourite because Champ kind of got that spot for a little while. Recency bias at play. Um, I'm not having that form, Darren, but are you? Yeah, I kind of agree with you, Dean. Uh, kind of agree with you, Um he had everything kind of run to suit. Could you even trust him to show up at Cheltenham? No. Um, not, you know, maybe he's maybe he's got over his problems. I don't know. But, you know, you couldn't be absolutely sure he'd show up. Will he get his own way in front again? Does he need to get his own way in front? I don't know. But will he get his own way in front? Highly unlikely. I said they've copped on to him now. 
<clears throat> and yeah, I suppose again when you, when you get the ten length head start, beating Florin Porter by like the beating by a couple of lengths, um, isn't necessarily the strongest form in the book. And I think this race it kind of does revolve around Champ. I think because if Champ runs, yeah, he's the most likely winner probably by some distance. I think yeah, he has that kind of touch of class maybe that some of the rest of them don't have. Uh, and I do think it's probably more likely than not. I think it's about a two's on shot to run here. I can't see Nicky. Maybe he might run him in the goal coat. Depends on what kind of pressure he gets from connections. But there's two horses in here at wild prices that I just think that that are that are too big. One would be pretty obvious. The other one may be a little bit less. So it's a horse I've wanted for this race for quite some time. And that's I'll go to him first. It's Darvish Star. Um, Darvish Star finished second in the champion hurdle behind uh, Honeysuckle. I was at Epton, uh Sorry, a couple of years back. They went chasing with him, and they kind of even I think Gavin Cromwell said during the week that they, they they spent far too long chasing with this horse. Didn't like it from where going. They persevered and persevered, never worked out. And he won a hurdles race over the Christmas period. There, I think it was New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, and he just looked like a happy horse again. He looked back to himself, uh, travelled with imperiously, travelled imperiously well, uh, and and just looked to be back in his comfort zone. I think if if he stays the three miles, he's about a twenty five to one shot. And if, if they go down this route, I don't think he's quick enough for a champion at this stage. But this is a wide open race. I don't think he's that much to find if he was to rock up here. And at 25s, I, I, you know, you could do an awful lot worse. And the other one at a big price. And again, it, it's probably pretty obvious. And maybe I've gone over the cliff with this horse. But Paisley Park's 33 to 1 across the board. I really don't think he has that much to find. Uh, he was obviously five lengths off champ um, at Ascot. I think he had excuses the last twice. I think he got a shocker in Doncaster, was it, when they sent him to the front the first time cheap yeah. piece. I, I didn't understand why they did that. Um, and I just think, you, you know, if you forgive him that, and then, you know, Ascot was what it was. 33s is just a little bit big, considering Champ himself is 4-1. to one. And, you know, in, in, in a race that I think is wide open, I'm not a Time Hill fan. Uh, I haven't been for a while. I know you like him yourself, but he's just, he's not for me. And again, with the doubts around Classical Dream and Florian Porter, I wouldn't back him with your money, to be honest. Uh, I think they did very well to get out of him what they've gotten out of him. I think he's not gone at the game, but I don't think he wants to know about it anymore. If you, if you look at me, cocks his jaw, cocks his head, does everything but want to go buy a horse. So, yeah, I, I just, two against the field at massive prices, I, I thought I'd take a swing at them too. Uh, but again, it does revolve around champ, I think. Yep, Darvastar is 25 to 1 with our sponsors, Fansbet, and Paisley Park is 33s with Fansbet too. If you want to get involved in two uh, stabs at bigger prices for the stairs hurdle from Darren, um, Paddy, let's come to you now because, uh, well, it's been, it's been discussed there that it was a bit of a farce, but it was still a win for Classical Dream, who had to market now for the stairs. And the other race, obviously, of main focus between the protagonists is what happened at Ascot in the long walk between Champ and Time Hill. Where do you sit? Um, I really enjoyed the Leopardstown race, to be honest. I mean, obviously, yep. you know, Paul Townend had to go to Plan B pretty quick, didn't he? Because they had no intention of, of making the running. And I think, you know, Durham was bang on. Obviously, it it's frustrating to watch. But in my opinion, having watched it back a few times, I think it's fantastic having Ruby on, on RT. Because, I mean, the fact that he's ridden these horses and obviously, mm. you know, just Ruby being who he is, that he can give the insight and break these things down. But... I think, in my opinion, on the day, the starter was that more... His eyes were so drawn to Danny Mullins on floor and Porter because he didn't want him to do this, to do what Classical Dream done and lunge forward and try and get a flyer. His eye was on him round the outside 
that he he almost let classical. He was happy with 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 Florian Horton and Danny Mullins, so that's why he's dropped the flag and he didn't have his mm. eye on on what classical dream had done. Um, so I, I I can see exactly why he's he's let the tape go, but you know it was a bit of a game changer and and obviously it handed a an advantage straight away to to the winner. But it was still a great race, and these two are going to knock heads plenty. Um, I think. Danny Mullins is a big addition to Florham Porter and looking at his demeanour down the start the other day to have a hander down there. He has settled down a fair bit. He never once tried to to rush the tapes the other day. Um, but, you know, the, these are two proper warriors. That Florham Porter, I would say he would gallop until he just falls over. You know, he doesn't know how, how not to run his race. And you've got to be impressed with the winner because Willie said afterwards that this horse really hadn't been performing very well in the mornings at home. So mm-hmm. leading up to the race. So there's got to be a bit of improvement there. Um, but outside them too, you've got to look for the value. Champ, if you look down to his profile, lads, the only time I know he was, you had to look away at times with his jumping over fences, but he's only really bombed out once in the Gold Cup. And and that was one of his really bad jumping days where he he was very very ordinary in the jumping department. But you look down to his form, God, it's, it's he he is almost forgotten or something until he reappeared with that monster performance the other day. So interesting to see now they put him back over the smaller obstacles. Maybe like they say about the football when a fella comes back from injury, it's like a new signing. Um, <laughs> champ champ yeah. could be something like that. I for me. I personally think Paisley Parks just, just got a little bit wise and clever and he's leaving too much work up to the jockey and he's dropping himself out at a vital moment when they're getting going up through the gears in a race and he hasn't got the legs now to make up that ground anymore. Still a very, very good horse, but because this thing he's gotten into with, with just letting the, bri- letting the bridle out of his mouth at a vital part of the race, he's given away his winning chance, so... For me, I just think he's 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 a little bit too wise for 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 the job at at, mm. at this sort of top end for now. So where do you land, Paddy? Which one is the is the one I right think, now? I, I the think the, the the fact that Willie said that he really was unimpressed with Classical Dream at home in the mornings that he was surprised mm. by the performance and said there's there's got to be improvement. I know it wasn't ideal the way the race panned out, but the fact that he's had to go to Plan B and still beat a very, very good horse in Flora Porter with a good gap back to the third. I think that says a fair bit. Okay. Okay. A nod for the, well, the current jolly as he is, his classical dream. Now, my view on Time Hill is is still very much the same, although I was a bit disappointed he couldn't go past um, Champ and and extend the way. I still think after that run in France and, um, and coming back from that, which was a huge disappointment, I still think there was a lot of credit in that run. Champ will be 10 going into this stairs hurdle. I'm not a fan of 10-year-olds at the Cheltenham Festival for any race, uh, let alone one of the championship races. And I think Time Hill's younger legs and uh, possibly not even, we might not even see him again until Cheltenham will actually suit him. Plus, there's a left-handed angle, which seems to be coming to fruition with Time Hill. Look, people want to go back and check out his form. I think that might be a thing with him. Um, I still think the 13-2 to currently with fans bet would be the way I'll go. He will not be out the three and I'd have Champ and Time Hill ahead of the Irish contingent, but that's my view. We've all got to take one. Okay, that was the Stayers hurdle. Why don't we move on to the champion hurdle? Paddy, I'll come to you first. Is it even worth considering something to beat the Wonder Mare Honeysuckle? Well, I think if you look at the market, 
Do you know, there's just not really any, any other angles to come in at because on paper, it's a little bit of a jaded champion hurdle, maybe you could say, um, as regards anything that's sort of up and coming or going to bring something new to the table. Obviously, appreciated was was beaten at long odds, wasn't he, on his return? I mean, Sharjah, mm-hmm. to say, you probably forget that, you know, he's not maybe as old as what we think, but... You know, he has hit a brick wall on, on the occasions he's come up against Honeysuckle, albeit I think he's run his race. But, you know, Patrick Mullins has been excellent on him of late. I know there was only three runners in the in the Punchestown race and then Leopardstown, you know, it was just a case of dropping his head on the line, which, which Patrick did. But there's no one knows this horse better. And maybe this yep. could be his best chance going forward in, in the, the... He's been brought down in the champion hurdle. Then, obviously, when he... Can't, can't say he got a fair run out because he did hit a bit of traffic in behind Sonny's Honeysuckle, but I mean he was well beaten mm. Um, mm. in in this year's renewal. But I don't know, trying to look for f- f- sort of any fresh blood coming through. It's hard to that that I've had I've seen anything that that's not my socks off. I think if he's gonna have his best opportunity, it is going to be this time round for Sharjah. Yep. But Honeysuckle's four to five and. I mean, we've tried all sorts of ways to knock her, um, and but it's literally impossible because, like I've always mentioned, lads, the massive thing she's got in her armor is she's one hundred percent completely uncomplicated how she's ridden. So that's that. Mm. It, it, it's a major plus for Rachel Blackmore with Honeysuckle because she can go where she wants and do what she wants on the mare, very uncomplicated, which I'm sure is a massive help. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, for the purposes of this um, chat that we were going to have about the champion hurdle, I took my honeysuckle blinkered glasses off and tried to find something in there that would definitely have a crack at it and was was still a price that maybe had a little bit of each way value in there. And the only horse I could really come up with, because I don't fancy anything to beat honeysuckle, to be honest, and how it's very difficult to do that, is Adagio of David Pipes. Now, the five-year-old ran really well in that great wood. That form is looking... You know, solid as it can possibly be, um, and as d- decent Cheltenham form in the book, I think it's at least one that will go there and is, I think, currently, what, 22s, 25s, 22s with sponsors uh, fan bet. I'd throw that into the mix as an outsider, but I'm searching for one, Dermot. It's a very hard race, Dean. Um, it's hard to see appreciated turn up without, like, it looks like he'd probably go straight there. Now, Willie's obviously fantastic at getting a horse straight there, but it's still going into a champion hurdle, regardless of kind of what he did in a, in a Supreme. You you definitely want him to be doing a bit more. You kind of nearly, I could picture him now turning up at punches down and winning easy, like, you know, like a classical dream did last year or whatever for his first run, but it's just hard to see it. Um, Sharjah is very, very good, but he's been put in his place now too often by Honeysuckle uh, from a win point of view. Each way point of view, a 10 to 1, Dean, that's a good each way bet. You know, he's he, he'll, he'll run through for second late like he always does. Um, Zanier is good, but I just can't get that image of how easily he was kicked aside in um, Cheltenham last year. Um, Epitome yeah. was good last time, but again, she's just not as good as she was. Uh, T. Hoopu is... Was, he was good at Limerick, but I thought it was a bad ride and Quilixios rather than anything special that that horse did. Um, sure. So if on the day he's this price, I, I probably would be going uh, Quilixios each way, Dean, at, um, mm. at 33 is just kind of based on last year's uh, last year's kind of triumph form and the fact that I just think he was the best horse in that race at Limerick. I just think that it was a bad ride. Ruby Walsh again and RT as 
as Paddy pointed out, mid-race, he actually called it. And he said that Dara is using too much from uh, from Calixios here. And he'll, he'll be caught late on and exact, the exact thing happened. Um, so it's, um, I think Calixios back at Cheltenham, there's an awful lot of upside there where he could he could run through and run very well. Adagio is the same way and all, etc. Um, but um, look, she's a wonder mare. Uh, Henry de Brom has, has had a frustrating time over Christmas. So hopefully his yards form can turn around, Dean, because he, he's operating at a 6% strike rate. It's four winners from 76 runners. Um, yeah, it's not uh, happening at the moment, but you know, this is the time if that's going to happen, you'd want that's it exactly. Happen, and Henry yeah. Bromwich, you know, it kind of strikes me in a real stupid way to put this now, but you know, in like Wimbledon or um, or any kind of tournament like that, you know, when an underdog beats a favorite, like, and uh, mm. the next they tend to get knocked out the next round because it takes so much out of them. I just wonder whether Henry de Bromwich's whole yard they'd such a high last season that it's probably just maybe hard to get everything going a small bit um, mm. up to kind of where they were. I think they'll just kind of come back and everything. The A lot of his runners at Christmas, I mentioned this in my article on bookmakers.co.uk, I'm just willing to forgive an awful lot of them. Um, they just seem to be missing something. So hopefully by the time the Dublin Race Festival swings around, she'll be absolutely flying out of her skin like she always is. But even while Henry de Bromwich's horses haven't been going great this season, Dean, she came out and she won easy. Um, so oh, yeah. she's, you know, she's she's just, she's a superstar. I don't think there's anything else apart from appreciated who maybe could get up to that level. But even at that, you're talking about appreciated having to give her weight. So four to five, if it was tomorrow, I would be all over that, Dean. I think that's a good price for a race like this but just this far out so much can go wrong so Calixios would be my bet in the day but I'm I'm very happy to to have one race at Cheltenham there's 28 races so to have one race we don't really have to spend much time on it is uh <laughs> it's quite good yeah this and the in the cross country so you can just go to the bar <laughs> yeah, um, literally. it's fine <laughs> but at least you know you pop your head out the window to watch honey come storming up the hill um you know, bar, bar a bomb scare Darren is that what we're talking about here for the champion hurdle not at all. Jeez, lads, you've left the winner out entirely. Love it. Go on. Let's have it. Best hurdler in Britain. Coming here off the back of a Class 3 handicap hurdle. I think at Haydock. Tommy's Oscar at 50s for Anham. I'm only messing. Oh. Uh, they, were ta- they were talking him up big time in the papers during the week. As uh, the I, I was thinking, where the fuck is he going with this? I, I thought he was going Goshen. I was going, oh, now here we go. go on. No, I nearly pissed myself laughing. Jesus, the dire state of affairs altogether, isn't it? Uh, yeah. No, I, I do think, you know, the sick, the sick thing is, I actually don't think Honeysuckle is unbeatable. I just don't know whether any of these are good enough to beat her, if that makes sense. So what um, needs to come back into the champion hurdle picture to be uh, like this is the I see that's the thing at this point I don't realistically yeah I, I don't think there's any any, any horse will uh w- will do that I do think to be perfectly honest I think Charger probably is a fair enough price at ten to one is he not like he's a ten to one best price obviously I know he's short he's shorter it's, I mean, with fans that would like but uh, sure fifteen to two fifteen to two still... they have it right I'd say he's on the day. Yeah, I, he is realistically, isn't he? Like, as, in, as Dermo alluded to there, appreciated, like, he puts the can amongst the pitches to an extent, but, like, you'd want to see him alive and well long before Cheltenham, like, Dublin Racing Festival, maybe. What does he run mm. in there? Uh, mm. Supreme winners don't generally kick on to become two br- brilliant two-mile hurdlers, not certainly not in recent times, but kind of hard to ignore what he did last year. Like, Bally Adam isn't great, but Blue Lord, for pleasure, have made up into pretty good chasers. Yeah, right. they? yeah. They're okay, yeah, yeah they're, they're plenty good. Uh, Zana here, I think, is way too slow. 14s wouldn't back from mature money. Epitond is no good. I think that was one of the worst grade ones ever run over Christmas at Kempton. And so you're kind of just drawn back to charge it there pretty consistently. It's really hard to knock him out of the places because once you go by the top kind of four or five in the betting, 
I wouldn't be absolutely shocked to see this only like maybe a seven or eight runner field. I'm not saying it will be. There's a couple of maybe, you know, not so sleepy is probably guaranteed to run. San Ra probably runs. Your Calixias of the world might make it up into a nine or ten runner field. But I wouldn't be shocked to see it below the below the eight. And I, I think, you know, if you were sitting there with the docket for charge at three places each way, I think you could do an awful lot worse. And I do think, you know, from listening to Patrick say bits and pieces, he does feel there's one or two things that could have gone differently the last couple of years that might have just given him an edge over honey stuff. Now, I'm not sure I agree with them, uh, but and actually, sorry, the year previous, I'm not sure I agree with them, but um, I, I think you could do an awful lot worse than Charge at about 10 to 1, particularly if the ground is anyway quick. Yep, and this would be Charger's last crack at it, like be 10 going into the following festival, so um, if you're going to have a go, it's this. Um, okay, and one, one fly at the moment, Darren, I'll keep you on this one. Um, on for Alan could drop back into a Chapman hurdle. Yeah, being completely no, you're you're not, you're not, um, you're you're not at all. I've actually backed him. For the, I backed him for the Champion Chase last year. Now I think I think he's a bit too slow for that. Hard to know what to do with him to be honest. Is it like why not? Uh, the only thing is the fact that he's in Henry's. That's the only thing. Um, if if he if he was still with Gordon and if he had gone to pot like he has, uh, you'd say you know potentially could come back. But I I'm not sure. Henry would run him here when he has Honey Suckle, if that makes sense. Of course, sense. The, the, the yard uh, dictates. If anything was to happen to Honey, I'd say you'd see Envoy Allen in a champion hurdle for the crack, which would, yeah. be, uh, which would be an interesting thing. And that's the only type of horse coming back into here that I'd be... Jesus, he's very disappointing, isn't he? It's, well, it's, 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 it's disappointing. It is, it is. Yeah. The biggest shame was that Stephen Cass was right all along. That's that's the biggest shame. I'm well. not convinced he was right. I I I, I disagree with that. I've seen a lot of definitely not giving him any credit for that. <laughs> he was right. No, <laughs> I've seen a lot of commentary lately that this horse was never that good. Blah blah blah. This horse was that good. He's just kind of lost his way. And there was an example somebody tweeted there during the week of a horse that went, uh, which is one of the horses that went to Paul Nichols from uh, Jared Sullivan, Stormy Ireland. Uh, very good with Willie. Went to Paul Nichols, uh, couldn't run out of her own way. Went back to Willie, and it's since won a grade one and a grade two. Uh, sometimes uh, horses can go from one good trainer to another good trainer and lose their way. Nothing to do with the other trainer being bad necessarily. Just you know, the the horse has been such and such a routine. I think if M. Viola went back to Gordon, and that wouldn't shock me either if that did happen at some point, maybe next year if things continue mm. as they are, just to see, yeah. just give him one last roll of the dice. But I think if he had stayed with Gordon, I think we'd, we'd be talking about something very special. Yeah, yeah. There was certainly the trajectory changed the minute this yard changed. Good and time. that isn't a reflection on uh, Henry de Bromhead. You can hardly no. crib a man who won all the big races at Cheltenham and the Grand National. Um, like he's he's got it he's got he's got it together right so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go down that road um okay all right look that is the champion hurdle i don't think anyone gave my adagio shout of credit i think if you're gonna have a bet in the race right now uh, that's a horse that will line up could be a small field it's a big enough price to um yeah no no him and with. him and colixios are the two i think that, that uh, yeah but you'd yeah. imagine they're going right and that's yep. that's half the battle um appreciate it does add a bit of color to the race but you won't, yeah, you won't see which way Honeysuckle's gone if Honeysuckle is uh, yeah. a one. Okay, um, let's move on then to the Mayor's Hurdle. Um, Darren, you mentioned Stormy Island there. I mean, that's about the only place I can go with this race. I don't really think of it as a race I want to get stuck into early, but is Stormy Island top of your list for that, Darren? Yeah, probably. Like, uh, I, I, without being too dismissive, uh, who cares to an extent? As in, like, <laughs> it's, it's not the race it was. Like, you know, there's no real... There's no any power in here. There's no honey. So I thank God. It was that. never a race. It was always yeah. a, a feature showpiece where one superstar wasn't in the champion hurdle. 
yeah, one, one horse that probably wasn't good enough to win the champion hurdle, but was way better than the other fucking rats who was she was running against. Um, mm. as it, you know, I, I don't think there's a bona fide. Like, look, there, there won't be a Baron Cheltenham named after anything in this race at the minute. <laughs> Unlike Corviga or one of those, you know what I mean. Sure, um, sure. The only thing with uh, with Stormy Ireland is she's unlikely to get her own way in front. I think this could be a big enough field. It generally is, you know, and if you've any mare that's anyway half decent, you'll run her here just to try and, you know, if you've a, a mare run well at Shetland, you know, it, it looks good when she was on her career after racing. Uh, yeah, look, Stormy Ireland probably probably is the one at this at this stage, the 7-1. to one. I, I wouldn't even count on it having a bet in this race at the minute, to be perfectly honest. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Paddy, I'll come to you. I mean, there could be a good story in this race, even if there isn't a superstar there. Um, you know, you've got the, the Fahis have uh, Royal Kahal, you've got Heaven Help Us for the Hennessy's, you've got Epiton could come back from a champion hurdle tilt and go for a mare's hurdle. And tell me something, Girl of Festival winner from last year is currently top of the market. But I mean, you could throw a blanket over the top of this market. It's seven, eight to one the field and, and bigger the rest. Mrs. Milner could even throw in there, I guess, could line up here. LMA could decide not to go chasing. We don't know the shape, but there are some good mares in here without a superstar. Yeah, it could be a very interesting and, and wide open race this, Dino, uh, to be honest, mm. come come the time. Because Echoes in Rain has been disappointing so far this winter anyway. Heaven help yep. us, massive run, but I think Rod Kahala, the one that, that just managed to reel in Heaven help us the other day, that's a mare who yep. certainly looks to be in a real good place at the minute because, I mean, both runs this time round, I mean, the Cheltenham run um, last year, she actually finished lame, didn't she, Rod Kahala, yeah. and still managed... They had a lot of problems with her, haven't they, getting her right and getting her to the track at, you know, in, the, in good shape, and they've got there. Yeah, and I mean, still managed to finish mid-div in the mare's race last mm. year, and as I said, turned out to be lame, but good comeback run this winter behind Dysart Diamond. And absolutely, Dysart Diamond was well behind in Leperstown the other day. So, mm. I mean, obviously, we've got a fair old stretch between now and, and the middle of March. So, Peter Fahey has got to keep the wheels on this mare up until then. But currently, she's probably the one in the best place at the minute. I mean, Connections have done fabulously well with, with Heaven Help. It would be great if she could could turn up but for me at the minute anyway got to be in in the Royal Kahala camp yep okay and they're on the up uh, one that you know could have more improvement considering what they've always thought of her and finally uh, coming good Derma uh, tell me something girl wins this and she wins it well oh, um, okay she's that race at Leperstown she comes out like streets ahead of the, uh, of the others in my opinion she, she finished a length behind Royal Kahala and she's gave that horse five five pounds on the day uh, mm -hmm. she gave eight pounds to heaven help us uh cora cup and she's chasing them all down from the back i mean she was held up in rear makes really nice headlift headway she's really short of room she comes out clear best from that race um last year she was brilliant in that mayor's novice uh ireland's mayors are really good they're 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 properly very very good now i mean when you look at the race the concertista beat jeremy's flame that beat uh, magic days mm. at cork like that form just to pick a random piece of form out from the mares even over fences and those mares are all winning since um you look at the irish handicap hurdle the mares handicap hurdle from leperstown last season heaven help us was placed and like it's just an unbelievable race as you're looking at the the, the irish mares are just streets ahead and tell me something girl she hasn't been missed by the market at all i think she, she should be decent enough price but when you look at henry de Bromman's horses how they were all missing that certain something like it was 
I put it down to in the article something like a, like an athlete having a cold. It, it was just enough to maybe blunt them a little bit. Um, but she was still able to run through like she did late on. Um, she's going to be steadily improving just just like she did last season. And I think uh, the race will be set up for her because they'll 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 go very hard from the front, and she'll be able to kind of trap in behind him like she did last season. And I think uh, I think tell me something, girl. I think she wins this race. She's at the moment. She's she's my my nap at the festival. Oh my goodness. Okay, I didn't think we'd get a nap at the festival in a mare's hurdle, to be honest. But that's you're delirious with that fucking virus, Jeremy. For fuck's sake, man. <laughs> not at all. Not <laughs> at all. Things, have you not got uh, eyes? Have done. you not got eyes? She's uh, she's uh, she's brilliant, in my opinion. And just watch back the race at Leprechaun at Christmas. She is streets ahead with everything that goes wrong for her, and she still finishes a length and a half, giving away weight all around to two brilliant mares. Heaven help us. I think we'll finish second at the at the Challenge Festival as well. I think she's uh. I think she's brilliant. Really do. A nap and a forecast in the mayor's hurdle delivered by Dermot Nolan. A full, uh, what are we, eight weeks, nine weeks out. I love it. Um, that'll do. Okay, in the shadows uh, from, from Dermot Nolan. That was the mayor's hurdle. I, th- I think Stormy Island is just uh, the one they've all got to go and beat. It will be that Darren made a good point. Might not get all her own way at, uh, at Cheltenham, of course. But it's currently, what, seven to one, something like that. I think Stormy Island, six to one fans. But 11 to two, they go favourite for Tell Me Something Girl. And the mayor's had a little bit of uh, water to come under the bridge before um, we know exactly what's going to line up there. And Epitone is the fly. Uh, would that one go there and challenge all those uh, great Irish mares? Because otherwise, just an Irish benefit. Okay, we've reached break time on this week's Race Hour podcast, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. And of course, our friends at Fans Bet all the way through the National Hunt season, which is now 2022. Um, when we come back, we're going to do some weekend um forecasting let's call it at Wincanton and Sandown Uh, we'll go through anything else and a few naps of course so we'll do that after this break you're listening to the race hour podcast brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk check out bookmakers.co.uk each and every day for tips news and the best odds for horse racing looking for a new bookmaker and the best sign up offers in the industry you'll find that at bookmakers.co.uk sponsors of the race hour Hello and welcome back to this week's Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course our sponsors Fansbet all the way through the National Hunt season which is now 2022. Okay let's get straight into the weekend action. We've got racing from Sandown and Wing Canton to take a look at. Um, we're going to go straight into the 150 at Sandown is the Unibet horse race betting operator of the year handicap chase and they've really gone to town with that title. Uh, class 2 affair Gunsight Ridge is looks like it's going to head the market here around 6 to 4. Numitor um, a recent enough winner, of course, before coming up short behind Il Ridotto is a bit of a rocket at Newbury. That one's going for Heather Main at 7-2. to two. Moonlight is in there at 13-2 to two for Nick Williams and Harry Cobden. Up the straights, the same price. It's 9-1 to one bar, those. Darren, I might come to you first on the 150 at Sandown. Uh, pick apart this handicap chase. Yeah, look, this is going to be short and sweet for me, Dean. It's pretty hard to oppose Gunsight Ridge, I thought, even at short odds. It'd be no doesn't like winning, me. though, does he? Does doesn't um I don't think he's much of a twicer. I I as in I've got I went back and watched this race this morning because I had the same thought as yourself. Yeah, there are a lot of twos and threes there, but it doesn't look like he's ducking out or anything like that. I think he's just been a small bit unfortunate. I think it's more happenstance than uh, than any sort of attitude mm-hmm. issue. I just I I found I found it hard to get something to oppose him with, to be honest. And obviously the 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 form couldn't have been franked any stronger by yeah. Uh, by Lom Puess. So I uh yeah, look, even at six to four I found it very hard to oppose Gunside Ridge. 
yeah, in fairness, he did bump into a very smart one last time at Exeter. It's Gunsight Ridge for Darren. Paddy, you've got your pick of the bunch from here. Yeah, he's got some tidy form, hasn't he, Gunsight Ridge? And he's getting weight all around. Still early days for, for this chap, you would say, over fences. But I do love this Numitor of Heather Mains. She doesn't have many jumpers, and this fella would be head and shoulders, the, the best of them. And, I mean, this son of Chaparelli, he's very, very honest. He did get taken on at... Newbury the last day but still with plenty of weight he went down fighting I just thought that Sean Bone gave him an absolutely super ride the time before at Wetherby but I mean he is what he is the handicapper has nudged him up two pound which you know deservedly so I know our horse Il Rodoto, he, he the winner that day at Newbury Nichols turned yeah. him out very very quick and he, he bombed out so I mean if you take yeah. if you take that form out of the way uh, he's pretty solid this new mature and as long maybe as he doesn't get eyeballed too much up front i think he's pretty much guaranteed to run his race this far yep very consistent for heaven main tom scudamore will be in the saddle and um, for new mature okay and uh, demo a shout for one in each of two at the top where are you going uh, the exact same uh, new mature uh thought he was quite quite decent that day against uh podcast favorite il rodoto so uh yep. he'd be the one uh, that he'd add much more to what paddy's saying but just at six to one taking on a two to one favorite who despite definitely not being a dodge pot or anything but he, he doesn't get the job done still so numator does and he's only given that horse uh, two pounds so that numator is the is the bet here by a mile okay numator for you as well i was gonna actually lean against those two that ran into good ones obviously numator ran into il rocoto there's a rocket and uh, Lon Press, who's a, a smart one that Gunsight Ridge ran into, but he's a bit unlucky, Gunsight Ridge. So Darren's probably right about that one. Probably fair enough favourite. I thought Moonlighter could come back to some kind of form. He's obviously um, the, the classiest in the race so far on all the evidence we've seen. I think he can set plenty of tough old tasks. Normally takes a little while to warm up. And I thought there might be a bit of value at 13 to 2. So I'll give a nod to Moonlighter. There's a couple of shouts for Numitor and Gunsight Ridge. For Darren, now I think standout price is fans bet for Gunsight Ridge at the moment around seven to four. If you want to get involved there, okay, let's move on to the two hundred five at Wincanton. Uh, this one is the Advanced Biotech UK award-winning. Oh my God, CBD handicap chase class three. <laughs> I don't know why I start reading out the titles. I never make the plan to do it, and, and then away we go. But we're at Wincanton for the two hundred five. Um, okay, Demo, this is an open, open enough heat actually for this class three handicap chase. Uh, Rex Dingle and Anthony Hannibal probably head the market with Belle de Manesh. Um, and we're not sure, Venetia hasn't dropped up Des Dezeal, but that'll be the one challenging it for favouritism. Uh, looks to be jocked up now, Dean. Uh, Ned Fox okay. came in 10, is what I'm seeing oh, here. Oh, wow, now. okay. Well, that's a, that's a different uh, a different set of circumstances. Yeah, okay, yeah. I see he, that now. He yeah. rode the horse before now. I didn't win the meter. Um, I thought Grey Diamond is, is uh, just very obvious. Um, Sam mm-hmm. Thomas, first of all, is has is, is has turned into one hell of a trainer. Um, you know that that Welsh National win was brilliant, and just overall, he's turning everything he gets inside out. Um, superb jockey, and he's he's matching that at the moment. No, no, not matching it, but he's he's flying as a trainer and as a Welshman. He's getting good support, the, and he's delivering, isn't he? Yeah, he's delivering completely, and utterly. Yeah. And yeah. but even yeah. the few he had before he got any big backing, uh, he was flying with them, and you know it, it's kind of great for kind of Wales to have another big big kind of trainer like this and Grey Diamond he's maybe been, been struggling a small but that was a decent fourth behind again Ilberto last time but yeah. edging back down towards a mark of 131 Jack Tudor takes over which means that he claims three pounds which brings him right back down to the mark when he beat Dostal Phil last year at um, 
at Sandown over this distance. Obviously, that was at Sandown, this is at Wing Canton. But mm-hmm. like off top weight, I know he's giving weight around all all around. Jack Tudor brings him back down to a kind of a a, a better weight, and there's nothing in, in this race for me that's 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 as good as him. Um, there's maybe a bit of promise around the place, but I think Grey Diamond is is very good. He's he's maybe just kind of not reached a level, but finishing five lengths behind the Moolah goal, that's also strong form. That's a that's a very good run. So he, he's produced two huge runs this season. He drops down to what is not as good a race at all. And uh, Jack Tudor, a fantastic young jockey, takes over and brings Wade off and being, I, I think he's a great bet. Yep, I'm with you. So class dropper here, obviously got to carry the weight for it. Paddy, where do you go? Um, there was one or two in here that I thought were worth giving a mention to. Out on the tear, although he's up in class for Sam Aldwood, he's a trainer who's very, very shrewd. Only a young trainer, um, but I think the sort of gear that out on the tear is in at the minute, he's worth sort of a tilt at a good race like this. But Bel de Manesh of Anthony Honeyball's lads, this mare was absolutely foot perfect the other day. And, mm. you know, she'd obviously schooled well at home. Anthony Honeyball pitched her in against handicappers at the first half asking over fences at Wing Canton. Mm. You know, that takes a bit of jumping. Uh, she was very, very good on her feet and very impressive. Obviously, the handicap has, as I say, given her £10, but I think she's worth every bit of it. She's only a six-year-old. She's won two races both at this track and you know Anthony Honeyball is doing the exact same thing here going back in against experienced chasers carrying top weight he's not he's got plenty of lads in that yard that are capable claimers but he's not bothered to claim off here so he obviously thinks he's going to be competitive off 127 with this mare and I think she's open to plenty of progress but it's a good race for a good pot but I think Bel de is, is one to keep on the right side of for now anyway Yep, after that impressive run, uh, the last day, of course, at Wing Canton when thrown into the deep end. Bell de Mesh for Paddy. Darren, over to you. Yeah, a peculiar piece of handicapping here. Um, another quick for Noel Williams. Two runs ago, was running off mark of 133, 134. And like, I know there's been kind of a, a change in tact from the, from the UK handicapper um, that they're, they're dropping horses a bit quicker now. But Jesus... An eleven pound drop now for you know he he ran reasonably well in the Great Wood Gold Cup at Newbury last March. Uh, mm-hmm. was obviously pulled up then in Ascot. Wasn't seen until December when he ran a, a lovely pipe opener actually at Leicester over hurdles. But he's been dropped to one hundred and twenty two. I just I don't really see. She's like he'd be a long term run in Ireland now before you get an eleven pound drop. And I just thought that a mark of one twenty two, uh, was was very very favourable for this lad. Um, I also second run off a of wind off as an angle I'm a huge fan of but like if you go back he was fourth only beaten four lengths behind two for gold and ASO uh, last February uh, and again as I say last March ran ran perfectly well in the in the Great World Gold Cup behind the likes of you know Umbregado Senior Citizen etc etc and mm. you know I see there's been a few quid knocking around from this morning when, when I was doing my notes for this this morning he was kind of like 10 to 1 across the board he's now Best price nines and mostly eights, fifteen to two. I I just thought, yeah, in the bit of bad class dropped down into a not to one thirty. It's 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 significantly lower class of race than what he has been running in. Um, yeah, I I gave him a, a pretty good chance for for Noel Williams and, and Tom O'Brien. Nice uh, shout there for another crick for uh, Tomas O'Brien, of course, the nine-year-old taking advantage potentially of a uh, 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 handicap lapse. Um, we will find out, of course. Why don't we move on? to the 225 at Sandown. 
Now, this might not take too long uh, demo because there's probably the horse that will finish second or third in the Supreme is in here. And that's Nikki Henderson, Nico de Boinville with Constitution Hill. Am I being a bit harsh saying if it's finished second or third? That's an achievement. I, not harsh. I mean, it's never harsh to do that, but he's very, he, he looked very good to me now. Um, I oh, really like good. that kind of, that, that last performance. Now, like, we're, we're not going to learn a whole pile about him here. Like, I know it's a decent enough race, but like, Mr. Glass is lovely and Jetoy is kind of, they're all lovely, lovely horses. Don't get me wrong, but Constitution Hill should be, should be a good deal better than them. Um, shall we have one more? I think we'll, will go very well in a bet for hurdle if he goes that way. This is the, the 50 ball of this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. I think that if if that horse goes that way, no, I'm not sure if the horse has entered. I don't, uh, or Ventures are even out yet for that race, but uh, he'd be very interesting for that. Um, Constitution Hill should should just be winning, should be really laying down a marker here. And if he does, Nicky Henderson has a serious team of novice hurdlers this season. And... At the moment, yeah, I'm not sure there's a whole pile between him and John Bond even at the minute. Um, we have to learn a bit more about Constitution Hill. Um, but I think he's he's very good as well, Dean. So I'm not making any big, big predictions on this, but I'm really looking forward to seeing him. I, I think the, the Supreme is particularly hot this year. And I think um, he's, he's a player, potentially. Yeah, well, the market will tell you he's a player for sure. And I think Nicky Anderson will be keen to see uh, Constitution Hill come away and win this Unibet Tollworth hurdle. Um, look, it's the grade one on the day, Paddy. The one that does excite me, apart from the favourite and the others that, you know, some of these are coming in on hat tricks, um, is that Shall We Have One More of Gary Moore. So I think that's the one with the, a big, big upside to come. Not that the others aren't um, a, a shabby bunch. This is a small field, but good field. And what about Wizkid? We haven't seen this horse, and there it is lining up in the Tollworth. Yeah, he's a big price, Wizkid, isn't he? Forty to one on his mm -hmm. his debut overhauls mm -hmm. for the Great Doctor. But I mean, he's obviously schooled well if he's prepared to to pitch him in here. But he'd have to take to it like a, a duck to water to, mm -hmm. to to win this. I mean, generally the Tullworth is a is a pretty warm race. I do enjoy this one. But Gary Moore's horse that you mentioned, Dino. I mean, shall we have one more? He looked very good, didn't he, when he won his bumper at Kempton? Mm -hmm. And I mean that run at Ascot. I mean. They've given him plenty of time. That was the end of October, and he was just far too fresh. Um, mm. You do see it a lot with Gary Moore's horses. They're very free forward goers, and this boy, in the end, Jamie Moore, he had to let him off. And really, he had no business get, only getting beaten a length and a quarter, uh, considering how free he was. He was as free as the wind. Now, Ascot form, uh, to say it's had a bit of time to work out, it hasn't amounted to much, but the fact that he hung mm. around as long as he did and was only beaten that much, and that he's pitching him in here at just a second run over hurdles. You know, we know Gary Moore is no Egypt, and he loves to have a Sandown winner. So he could be very, very nicely priced at 17 to 2 because the mm. all the dogs were barking off the back of Constitution's Hill run last time. But if you look at the point to point run early doors, the form of that has worked out okay. Um, you know, it wouldn't knock your socks off, that's for sure. Mr. Last, the second, he still looks quite raw. But I think the, the fly in the ointment could be Gary Moore's horse here because his horses continue in real, real good nick. I wouldn't like him to get much shorter, but at 17 to 2, I think he's he's a he's a cracking bet. Yeah, 10 to 1 with our sponsors fans bet. And that might not last too long, I don't think, for shall we have one more. Now you've got to go and beat the favourite, Darren. Yeah, I think the favourite is a wild price here, and I don't mean that in a favourable way. I, I cannot I'm understand sure, yeah. how he's 
you know, he's, a, he's, he's, he's freely available to lay in the exchanges there at, at about 1.4. He's 2 to 5 to back, obviously, in the fixed odds bookmakers, including with, with our sponsors, uh, fans. Mm. And I, I, I really don't think he justifies being that price at all. I think he's that price very much on hype as opposed to what he's actually achieved. Uh, I would say might I definitely ran below himself at Sandown that day. Now, look, visually, obviously, very impressive. And yeah. I'm told the, the, the clock looked good as well. Jesus, 2 to 5. I'd echo your, both of your lads' thoughts. Uh, shall we have one more ran like a complete idiot, to be fully honest, at, at Ascot? Uh, I, I've no idea how he managed to finish second. I thought he'd be out the back of the television altogether. And kind of the market support behind him that day would suggest that they think a little bit of that horse. And again, yeah, for him to be given a bit of a break and to come straight back in here into a grade one does speak volumes. Even Mr. Glass has accomplished plenty, obviously dropping back a trip here now. But if yep. he turns this into a bit of a stamina test, if he goes to the front, which he's more than capable of doing, by the way, uh, under Harry Cobden, you know well Paul Nichols would love, would love to get Nicky Henderson's supposed hot pot turned over. Mm-hmm. Uh, the interview on ITV afterwards would be, would be, would be great to watch. And on balance, I'm, I'm quite happy. If it was a market for a Constitution Hill not to win, uh, I, I'd be quite happy to get to get involved in that as opposed because I, I think there's one or two that could beat him. My issue, I, that's all right, Gino, I'm a fan of as well, but he needs top of the ground. He, he's, he, he really needs a, as good jumping ground as he can get, which he's unlikely to get here at Sandown at the weekend. But yeah, overall, I think the favourite is very short um, based on what he's achieved. And I think there's, there's plenty there you could take him on with. Even if you wanted to Dutch up, uh, shall we have one more, Mr. Glass, and even Chetual as well, um, I, I, I wouldn't put you off doing that. Yeah, I'd be surprised if Constitution uh, Constitution Hill goes off anything like the current uh, odds because some of these other ones will have supporters for sure. And uh, the more horse interests me the most going forward. Um, yeah, that's the grade one. That's the Tolworth. That's the 225 at Sandown. Let's move on to the 240 at Wing Canton. Uh, handicap hurdle here. Dermo, I'm going to come to you first. Um, pick the bones out of this. It looks like Philip Hobbs and Nicky Henderson will vie for favouritism with uh, Blair Gowrie of the Henderson Yard, of course, Seven Barrows, and Philip Hobbs is crossing the bar. But um, uh, this will take some working out. I didn't have a view. You're on mute, Dermot. Hey, sorry about that. Um, I didn't <laughs> have much of a view here apart from the fact that crossing the bar is probably well enough handicapped. I mean, 83 rated the flat, 108 rated here. Um, if I was pushed to back one, he would be the one, especially getting a mark after two runs and going straight into a mm-hmm. handicap hurdle like this uh, for Philip Hobbs and Tom O'Brien. But look, any of these could improve massively beyond what they've done so far. It's just this is not a race I'll be I'll be getting involved in at all. Dave. Yeah, it's a sleepers market. Which one's going to wake up, Darren? Yeah, I actually thought crossing the bar was a fair enough price here. Yeah. At um at at four four nine to two. Obviously, look the the flat mark versus the jumps mark would. We're kind of poking in the eye. There's no great secrets there. But even, you know, finished a length off a horse rated 120 last time. I'd write admittedly in receipt of £7. Looks like the extra furlong and a bit here will suit based on our two hurdles runs as well as our flat runs. And the form of last time actually looks okay as well. The fourth horse there came out and won, admittedly, a week enough um, maiden hurdle during the week. But that, that fourth horse is beaten about 20 lengths. Uh, I think fourth won would look pretty fair here to me. The last time I was on, I was kind of, I remember we were discussing the Philip Hobbs stable yard form at the time. We mm. were kind of unsure whether it was good or bad. Had five winners in the last couple of weeks. Horses seem to be running well. They're hitting the line strongly. God, like David Maxwell Road won a hit then and it won over the Christmas period. So that's a show you. Sure what did. What a day. What a day is right. Yeah, yeah. Listen, yeah, I, I, I fully thought now, 
there's four places, five places on the go here. You might get that in the day for, for fans, but also, uh, but I thought even without that, you know, in, in around the four to one mark, crossing the bar, plenty fair. Um, to 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 take advantage of what looks to me a very favourable mark over sticks. Yeah, based on the flat rating, surely is Paddy Aspel. Yeah, he's he's very interesting to have. Um, I think Darren's bang on that horse of Evan Williams is who was forty one yesterday, didn't he? So he has given the form, you know, a bit of a boost. But you can't say the handicappers exactly missed him of one oh eight. I mean, he's only I know he mm. wasn't abused on the flat, but he only did manage to win one race, and Stouty had to bring him up to Carlisle to get him to win that's that. True. So that seems a fair way down to pecking order in in the Stout camp, but nonetheless, one oh eight. Could be interesting. Um, I was going to pop for one here at a bigger price in Nichols on the dime for Kayleigh Wallacott. Now, yeah, he certainly is no great shakes, this horse, but he went in my notebook the last day, lads. He jumped a little bit left, which obviously he wouldn't want to do here, um, but he was only beaten four and a half lengths at Exeter back in December. And now for the grade, that race has worked out very, very nicely. They popped the tongue tie on him for the first day. And Joshua Newman, who's ridden him plenty along the way, he was very, very quiet on him. He was only beaten four and a half lengths. Now, tomorrow's jockey isn't going to claim as much off him in Fergus Gillard. But I thought the tongue tie made a big difference. And that exit race is shaping up very, very nicely. I think he's worth a poke at round about 10, 11 to 1. Love that. Nichols on the dime for Kayleigh Woolacott. Fergus Gillard taking over from Joshua Newman and taking three pounds off. That's number 11 in the 240 at Wing Canton. Nice one, Paddy, for that. Okay, uh, quality veterans handicap chase coming up next at Sandown. It's the three o'clock uh, race there. And our old boy Aso is going to head the market there, Paddy. Um, now, he's 12, but uh, that's actually not the oldest horse in the race. <laughs> I love these contests, Paddy. What do you make of it? Yeah, they're fab, aren't they? And, I mean, I always try and look for the 10-year-olds and these veterans. <laughs> but we haven't we haven't even got one. Um, you know, no. Go from 11 to 13, but very, very fresh 11 to 13-year-olds. They've only just had their birthday, haven't they? But, I mean, yes. so he's a cracking horse, but he's not managed to get his head in front for a couple of years now. Eh? So he's going to try and give £9 plus to the whole field here. But Charlie Deutsch is a man who's been having a great run of late. He's a pleasure to watch him ride. And both him and Venetia have been having plenty of luck. But another tough task awaits him. But you know he's going to give his running. Um, but for me, I thought Indy 5 is a real tricky customer. And you know, I'd imagine Dave Dennis will go down to the start with him. He, he isn't the most straightforward. Sometimes he doesn't like to jump off or give... Plenty of head start, but I thought he got a real good ride the last day by Jack Andrews, who he's on, he's injured now, so Gavin Sheehan takes the ride. Yeah, granted, yeah. he got everything in his favour at Doncaster, but once he was away from the tapes and gone, he was good as gold, and he was very, very game that day. And interesting, these races, when they give these old boys the chance to get back on the winning thread, it can just sort of not revive them, but although they're handicapped up to the hilt, in against horses their own years, they're a bit more competitive, so uh, he's a pound out of the weights here. But Gavin Sheehan, as I say, rides. I think he certainly got a chance. And the other one that I wanted to mention also, lads, <coughs> the um, horse of Kim Bailey's. He doesn't hit the track very much now, Wandering Star, but he did win one of these legs 
of these races when we last seen him and obviously he arrives here fresh again not seen him for a couple of months and and he's had his had his win done hasn't he but probably my preference was for indy five not guaranteed to give his run in again but if he behaves himself down at the start he'll give himself a bit of a chance 11 1 with fans bet is indy five um you mentioned wandering star there paddy i thought dancing shadow could uh could probably turn around that form. It doesn't mean it'll be enough to win here, but a trap like Sandown really suit uh, Dancing Shadow. Victor Dartnell's uh, runner, 13 years uh, strong now, of course, uh, but that'll go from the front and give them all something to think about, I think, at a decent price, around a 12 to 1 marker. Uh, Dermo, you're up on the veterans. Uh, yeah, I just kind of thought here now with the the form that this horse brings into this, uh, I thought Aso is clear, um, to be honest. Like, it's it's... Yeah, he, he he's been losing his form maybe a small bit, but you're still talking about a horse that that arguably could have won a a Ryanair. Um, you know, you're oh, yeah. a horse that's that's has ran some absolutely huge races altogether. Um, and here he is now, finishing second to Black Lion, and Black Lion has gone on to win since as well. So I think um, I'm going to keep this very simple. I think Aso just kind of wins this. Fair enough, simple as you like. Charlie Deutsch, Venetia Williams, and Aso uh, for demo. Darren, final word on the veterans here. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Uh, what, what Dermo said there is, and like this horse ran in the Gold Cup. Look, he's beaten fifty lengths, but I don't think there's too many of these that would even get round in the Gold Cup, much less you know kind of be there thereabouts for the majority of the race. Uh, obviously ran very bad at entry afterwards. Had he came, he came back, he ran fine at Cheltenham in November, and I thought his run behind Black Lion the last day was 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 pretty good. Form of that's obviously worked out. Uh, impeccably well black lion has gone in um up Heliac king and smooth stepper and fourth and fifth have both run very good races since also and i just thought he had a bit of a class edge over these as as paddy said look he is giving upwards of nine pounds to the rest of us yourself or dean that said it upwards of nine pounds to the rest of the field but there's a reason for that and the reason being is that he is a classier type of animal than the rest of these here so i i, I did think it's very hard to oppose aso here Currently 11 to 4 Jolly with our sponsors at Fans Bet. That's ASO in the 3 o'clock at Sandown. Darren, I'm going to stick with you for the 3.15 at Wincanton. Uh, another handicap chase, class two affair. Uh, that man, Sam Thomas, could be in the winner's enclosure again. He's got stolen silver, but it won't have it all its own way. This is a decent contest with Montes Avalois. I should say that slowly. Uh, Killer Clown, Slate House, Not Chapari, and the Cattle Don. Yeah, uh, and the one I did come down on was Montes Um It's Form figures from breaks of 50 days or more are pretty good. Uh, one win in there, one pretty, one poor enough run, but kind of twos and threes, seconds and thirds in there, and kind of good seconds and thirds. You've got to add 400 days to that this time around, though. 50 I, I, days I, I, I do know. I, I know he's been off <laughs> considerably more. I'm only saying in terms of he's been off on breaks, etc. He, he, he is a horse that comes back fresh, and even if you want to yep. go back to the one, pretty big break that he did have he was uh not beaten far by champ when champ was still a good horse yeah uh, back in november 2019 that was off a pretty much a year's break so yeah look with Bryony in the plate here i, I just I, I thought that this was priced up peculiarly I, I don't really see anything in slate house's form that would make him a four to one shot in this race tizzard yard's gone well off the boil again um the fav has as a lot going as plenty going from i will say nine to four I, I wouldn't put you off taking that price but i just thought Montes Avalois, I reckon Paul will have him pretty spot on here. Likes to go from the front as well, and no better, no better woman in the plate than Bryony for a, a horse that likes to go from the front, particularly over fences. So I just thought Montes Avalois in around the streets one mark, fair enough price. Okay, uh, a nod there to Paul Nichols, Bryony Frost, and Montes Avalois demo over to you. 
If Darren says that Montalavazois will win, then Montalavazois will win because I have no interest in this race at all. I think it's uh, it's grand, but uh, Stolen Silver is probably the best of them, but he's he's weighted as such. So uh, Montalavazois, that's a good show from Darren, and I'm going to row in behind him. Do you know what? I want I want to t- t- take this on, so I'm glad you don't have a, a, a big view. Demo, that's good. Paddy, kick on. It's a trappy one, lads, um, because there's one or two here that have got questions to answer. There's no doubt. Yeah. The horse of Ollie Murphy's has been so disappointing, not to parry. Um, I thought a couple of years ago, or at least a year ago, that this was a proper horse. Um, now, the handicapper yep. is giving him a little bit of a chance, but that's because he's been, on the whole, pretty underwhelming. Um, I was going to take a chance here. I mean, poor old Slade House, he's finally getting the blinkers on. He's just turned 10. Um, but he's just fallen off planet Earth, hasn't he, Slate House? Um, yep. But probably they done Killer Clown's wind before he made his, his comeback run this time and not really sure if it was enough. I think, obviously, he ran behind all mankind and they're trying to force him a little bit. Same again the last at Newbury. They're trying to force him on the front end and maybe a horse that if he is struggling with his wind, it's not helping. And So they're going to tie his tongue down on Saturday that's got to help. The handicapper is slowly starting to, to release his grip on him. He's down to one, three, five. So I'm probably going to forgive him and just hope the fact that that tongue tied down might just give him the bit of help that he's looking like he, he needs at the minute. Okay. Okay. Um, look, my, I think this could be, I don't think it's a great weekend's race and I'm going to get stuck into too much. Plenty to watch. But uh, Notcha Pare is a bet for me this time around. And you mentioned there, Paddy, that He's been disappointed. There's no doubt about that. He's a quirky old type, but he's a big old bull. I hope that the um, the two runs and the one that came behind Editor the Gee, I don't think a lot went right for him at Cheltenham. I actually don't think that's his track at all. Um, but I do think Notchapari will run well. I do think a change of hands will also help with uh, Adrian Heskin taking over from Aidan Coleman. And that's no disrespect to Aidan Coleman, but he's had a lot of disappointments on the horse so far. And he's a bit of a quirky beast. So eight to one, nine to one, something like that for Notchapari. Um, would look like a bit of value for me in that race. We're coming to the final race we're going to talk about for the weekend. Darren, I'm going to kick off for you because I think we talked about natural history on this podcast before. Um, he's a big old um, disappointment for Gary Moore, but there's all the talent in the world potentially in that locker. Is this where you're going with the 335 at Sandown? Yeah, you you got it, Dean. Um, I tipped him up for uh, one of the big hurdle races, Cheltenham earlier on in the year. He didn't show up. And then uh, he's, he, he actually was meant to run at Foss last yesterday, but supposed travel problems kept him at home in Gary mm-hmm. Moore's yard. Now, in between those two runs, he did finish, not beaten too far by, as I said, probably the best hurdler in Britain in the shape of Tommy's Oscar, who is also, <laughs> who's gone in again, uh, champion hurdle winner 2022, mark my words. I know, but I, 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 look, this doesn't look to be that strong. And I do have suspicion soft ground around Sandown is pretty much what this horse needs for all that he didn't run great at that in the in the Imperial Cup but this is no Imperial Cup um, this this is not the strongest race in the world and yeah at 5-1 to one, given my interest in him for, for a much stronger race earlier or late last year I'm going to stick with him for this Yep, I'd row in behind you for with all the risks that come involved with backing natural history I do think there's a uh, there's a good few pots in this horse when it all clicks for Gary Moore and Jamie Moore Dermot Nolan uh, I think Paddy's going to be, he'll agree here as well. I think Mac the Man is a horse for these exact uh, conditions. Um, he's a horse that, like off a mark of 122, he beat Protector at over this course and distance last season. Mm. Or sorry, 
in 2019. He's he's obviously had his issues since. He's had two fairly fairly decent kind of 200 and something days layoff, but he's come back with a win this season. Um, and he's he's only up three pounds for that win. Uh, yep. I think Mac the man. There's there's he can he can continue to improve and at odds of four to one here with the, with these conditions set to completely suit him as he's proven before. I think um, he's a very very strong better dude. Okay, strong fancy then for Matt the man. Now, Paddy, did Dermot call you right there? Are you rowing in uh, with Evan Williams and Adam Wedge here? I'll blow away the cobwebs because, you know, Donald is no idiot. And the fact that he's put him in here, giving away so much weight against, I would say, some out-of-form rivals, I reckon he thinks he's got a chance here with Navajo mm-hmm. Pass. And he's popped a pair of cheap pieces on him as well. But Mac the man, he was given an absolute peach by Adam Wedge at Exeter the last day. Hermes boy of, of Jay Williams, he actually won on the same card. And although he's only a five-year-old, the form of that race is, it's, you know, it's relatively ordinary, mm-hmm. I would say. But Mac the man, he doesn't hit the track very often. So it appears that Evan Williams has got to be quite selective at where he runs him. But he's a C and D winner, not being him for a couple of months. So, yeah, I think everything's on the cards here for, for a good run from Mac the Man. But I would just keep that in mind about Navajo yep, Pass. Yeah, there was a, a time when Navajo Pass was beating up Bouvedere, I seem to remember. And it's not that long ago, of course. Um, yeah, a really hot spell in January of 21. Well, here we are in January 22. Maybe Donald McCain can repeat the trick with Navajo Pass. But the lads uh, fancy Mac the Man to go well for Adam Wedge and Evan Williams and Darren and myself. Well, we're glum for punishment with natural history. Okay, um, that's the spin through the weekend racing. Now, that was the best of what's on offer, the televised stuff. Did anyone have anything else? I'm going to say that everyone's going to say no, but you can surprise me. Uh, yeah, Dean, I have two. Um, ah, damn the, it. Go for it. The 323 at uh, Cork on Saturday, your favorite sort of uh, race time, Dean. Uh, Silver Class there is in his bottom weight. Brian Cooper, Tony Martin. Tony Martin's yard is in great form. Um, and yep. this horse has been looking like a horse who will be winning very soon. Um, and just generally, the, the stars might finally be aligning for this horse to win one. Um, but generally, uh, a Tony Martin stable is just flying. So it is definitely worth following now because I I think there's a lot of horses there that are, are well handicapped. Um, and then one at Fairy House on Sunday in the last race, if he does turn up here. Uh, Robert Tyner's stable, Dean, uh, is a friend of the podcast, obviously. And they're flying. They're flying. They are absolutely flying, yeah. Um, even today now, they, had, they did a gamble, but the other one in the race nearly won. Never have duty second. Uh, a treble at Limerick, they're, they're just absolutely flying. And passing well... Um, is for Brendan Kyo, which is one of their biggest owners down there. And this horse was sixth in a maiden hurdle. Now, he's miles behind, but still, it was a good run at 80-1. to 1. This is what Robert Tyner does with his good bumper horses. He runs them over hurdles first. It's a whatever whatever logic there is behind it anyway. It does work for him the odd time. Uh, Gertine, when he won a bumper at Christmas before, he, he, he'd run over hurdles first. Um, his Land Rover bumper winners at all kind of popped over hurdles. Um Apart from Vision, they flow, but the the quarterly on before it, he he'd ran in two maiden hurdles, um. So kind of whatever reason there is behind it, his better bumper horses come out over hurdles first and then go back into bumpers again, um. And passing well has done that. This is traditionally a very good bumper. There will be yep. some hot pots. He'll be a decent price, but passing well could just he strikes me as being a a, a decent Robert Tyner horse with the way that he's been campaigned so far, and in that bumper there he could end up going off 
a very decent price team. Very nice. Very nice. Silver class, uh, Cork, and passing well at Fairy House. Okay. Do you want to give us your nap of the weekend demo? Because we're reaching that stage. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I would be going with uh, McDaman, Dean, at, uh, at Sandown. In the race we just discussed, the 3.35 Sandown Saturday, Mac the Man is Dermot Nolan's nap. Anyone uh, have anything else? Darren, I'm coming to you. If you have anything else for the weekend, uh, if you don't, that's fine. But what was the nap of the weekend? Uh, no, nothing uh, nothing else for the weekend for me at this stage. Uh, in terms of nap of the weekend, I think if you can boot up your exchange account and lay Constitution Hill at anything shorter than 1.6 or 1.65, uh, that would be, be my main source of interest this weekend uh, if you're if you're looking for one that actually is going to run and win uh, i think another prick uh, has a great chance of the 205 at wincanton but uh, yeah primarily laying constitution hill at 25 or, or sorry at, at 1.6 or below i'd be hoping to, to lay him a good bit lower than that okay uh, a shout then as well for another crick of course no williams is runner in the 205 at wincanton the one that's dropping in the handicap paddy over to you yeah, there was no other standouts nope. really that we have that I haven't already mentioned, Dino. But I'm actually going to nap in the race that Darren was speaking about. Another yeah. crick that he is very interesting, and I'm scratching my head too as well. I mean, I know the last time he ran over fences and he pulled up, it was off one three two. So the handicapper will have dropped him, but he's not going to have dropped him ten pound in one hit, even though you know that run the last time came over hurdles. So bit of a head scratcher, but could be interesting, but. The mayor I spoke about, Beldamanesh of Anthony Honeyballs. I think the fact that he's not wanting to take any weight off here, 11 12, in against a lot more experienced rivals here and up in grade, makes me think that he reckons he's still got a bit of, of, of rope to play a bit with this mayor here. So I'll take Beldamanesh in the, the five pass two at Wing Lovely County. for Rex Dingle and Anthony Honeyball. Um, okay, uh, my nap was well, a bit of a wild shot. I don't fancy too much uh, this weekend at all. I think Dancing Shadow will go well in that veterans race and is a very nice prize for anyone wanting to play each way and you get a super run for your money. Um, but not Chapari. I'm going to be glutton for punishment and um, and stick Ollie Murphy's uh, eight-year-old up in that 315 at Wing Canton at a big enough price. Um, time will tell. Okay, you've been listening to this week's Race Hour podcast brought to you uh, from bookmakers.co.uk. And of course, our sponsors, Fansbet, all the way through the National Hunt season 2022. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you to Dermot Nolan. Dermot T. Nolan, remember to get your tweets into him about what the team might stand for. Uh, Darren Hughes and Paddy Aspel, thank you. We'll leave you alone. We'll see you all next week. You've been listening to The Race Hour, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Your best bet for tips, news and bookmaker reviews. 